0: Hey, so before this episode starts, I wanted to let you know that I'm running a free webinar training on how I reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers each year and generate partnership revenue through authentic brand partnerships. It may be that you're feeling really cash-strapped at the moment, maybe you're over-relying on Facebook and Instagram advertising, or it could just be that your marketing strategies are no longer cutting through or working like they used to. Either way, it's absolutely time to use brand partnerships. There's never been a more necessary time to integrate this tactic into your marketing strategy because partnerships can drive both reach and revenue for your business, which is really exciting. I'm only going to do two free sessions on this. Um, The first one's on Tuesday, the 2nd of August, and the second one is on Wednesday, the 3rd of August. One's at lunchtime. One is early morning, um, and to register, you can do that for free via the URL, bit.ly/reach100k or bit.ly/reach100k. I look forward to seeing you there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to This is How We Do It. We chat with brilliant marketers to delve behind the scenes of creative marketing collaborations and brand partnerships. I'm your host Jess Rufus and I'm the founder of Collabosaurus together with Yotpo, we are exploring how collaboration marketing can build a business and we're chatting to the pros about how they do it. Hello, welcome back to This Is How We Do It, long time no speak. We are kicking off our new season in partnership with Yotpo and the amazing women in e-commerce or AWI community, who are absolute champions of women in the e-commerce industry. And for an AWI nominee luncheon in Sydney, I sat down with two incredible women in business, one of whom is Paige Griffith Carmichael, the founder and director of Brandside Marketing Consultancy, who has worked with Marks & Spencer for the last five years. For those of you who don't know, Marks & Spencer is a global retailer with over 30 million customers worldwide and an online presence in over 105 markets. So Paige divides her time between Sydney and London as the retailer continues to grow rapidly in Australia. And prior to Marks & Spencer, Paige worked for lingerie retailer Honey Burdett as the social media marketing manager and was part of their rapid Australia rollout and expansion to the UK. And after working in-house for global brands for almost a decade... This year, Paige started her own marketing consulting business, Brandside. Brandside allows Paige to continue to support Marks and Spencer's growth in Australia and New Zealand, while also helping small Australian brands launch and scale online. So all of the links to Brandside and Yotpo's amazing women in e-commerce community can be found in the show notes, which I highly recommend you check out. And without further ado, let's get into it. Into a lot of things because your background is incredible in the e-commerce space oh thanks um, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> no worries but i'm here for <laughs> so um so Marks and spencer you've been working with for the last five years and prior to that you head up honey burdette in australia right yeah so before
1: uh Marks and spencer i was at honey burdette and i looked after social media but also uh helped them to roll out their first international store to the uk so basically that's how my connection became with Marks and Spencer. I was over there with Honey Badette looking for their first retail store which we found was in uh, Covent Garden Uh, and so yeah then um, my appetite for lingerie just couldn't be quenched. (laughs)
0: So uh, that's when I went for the biggest lingerie retailer in the UK, which is Marks & Spencer. Amazing. And so tell us about your role now, because I know you do a lot, um, not just for Marks & Spencer, but also for other brands, but what does your typical day look like?
1: So my role for Marks & Spencer, it mainly focuses on growing brand awareness in Australia and New Zealand through, you know, influencer marketing, social media marketing, PR uh, collaborations and partnerships. A typical day is not generally a typical day for other people i wake up at about nine o'clock and this is not this is when i'm not in london so the rest of our team is based in london i'm the only one based here in sydney so when i'm in sydney i wake up at around nine o'clock and i uh, check my emails to see if anything urgent's come through overnight from the uk team and then on a good day i will attempt to get out of my marks and spencer pajamas and change into something like a little bit more suitable like you know, the dress that I'm wearing today. Um, But anybody that's ever owned a pair of Marks and Spencer pyjamas will know that that is very hard. They are very comfortable. Uh, So I will usually be in that till about 3 o'clock. So then I will touch base with our our local agencies here uh, to plan upcoming campaigns. And then with my other e-commerce clients, I'll check in with them. So then my meetings actually don't kick off until around seven at night. So I start my meetings with the UK team as they start to wake up. So from about seven till ten at night is when I'm doing most of my meetings with the rest of the team in the UK.
0: Yes, that's a massive responsibility to head up Marks and Spencer like in Australia as the only person. In this market.
1: Yeah. I try not to think about it too much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and just do it. Um, but, yeah, it's a great honour, you know, being such a big British brand. Um, I definitely do feel the weight of that. Um, but at the same time, it's been, you know, so well received here. So, yeah, yeah.
0: And career-wise, what led you to Marks & Spencer? How did you end up there? Um, so, I was actually... In
1: 2016, I was here in Sydney and I decided to move to London. Um, and my goal was to work for the biggest uh, lingerie retailer which I quickly found out was Marks & Spencer. They are such a recognised brand over there they're on every street corner Um, and you know in terms of like how well people know and understand the brand one in three British women wears a Marks & Spencer bra. Um, so it is, you know, it has quite a presence there. Um, I was confident in my experience. I just come from three years at Honey Barrette, um, where I was very much involved, you know, not only in the marketing side, but also in helping to roll out their stores. And so I was feeling good about getting a job with Marks & Spencer um, until I realised how competitive the market was in London. Marketing, it was so fierce. So to get my foot in the door, I took an eight-week contract role at Marks & Spencer Foods, uh, specifically working on deli meats. (laughs) Like deli meats. A little bit less sexy than Honey Badette. But I had my foot in the door, and my job was to make like the little pieces of cardboard that go in front of the meat aisle that say two for one meat joints. (laughs) So I was like, okay, but I learned a lot. From being in like a going from like a medium-sized brand to a global brand. I mean, they've got a presence in 105 markets online. They're enormous, 30 million customers. So from there, I worked my way up to the uh, social media team, which was my background, of course. And then finally, I found my place in the international e-commerce team. Um, So I was working in-house for Marks and Spencer um, full-time. And then in 2018, we decided that I would move back to Sydney to sort of head up things here and just focus on the local strategy so that is when I became a consultant to the brand and hence why Brandside was sort of um was was born because Brandside is you know it's all about the brand so yeah so So, and it's it's interesting because I feel like things have come full circle because I went there you know wanting to further my lingerie career and now in Australia lingerie is our biggest revenue driving department for Marks and Spencer so I think we have definitely grown that. Presence here.
0: Yeah. I should mention as well. Please eat. Like, don't feel like you can't eat while we're chatting. Yes. Please dig in. Please. (laughs) Um, And so, a long way from (laughs) deli meat section. Yes. We've. I've just seen the most amazing (laughs) campaign rollout for Marks and Spencer, which is the London cab activation. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and what that involved? Yes. Thank you. It was a lot of fun um, to execute. However. You
1: know, it was. it's kind of two years in the making. I think everybody here will understand the last two years it has been almost impossible to plan an event or, you know, you've had to pivot and change your plans constantly. So prior to COVID, we were doing regular brand events um, and we were even sending our best influencers over to London to attend our press show there. So it was a big part of our, our strategy and then, of course, COVID hit, I was actually in London at the time and I said to my partner who's British, I'm like they will never close the border to the UK like they'll never close it and he's like I'm on a visa, I'm going to go back so he went back before me, um, nearly got stranded there and I was like, started trying out of toilet paper. And I was like, probably time to go home. <laughs> um, and so, so it was in the second lockdown that I thought, OK, I'm not going to do another virtual event. And, you know, for the launch of our campaign, so the campaign that we were doing was 95 years of lingerie. That's what we were celebrating. Um, I sort of thought, okay, let's do something slightly different. We're not going to get a regular courier driver to deliver this to the homes of the media and the influencers. We are going to find a classic black cab in Sydney, which we did and we branded it Marks and Spencer, found a lovely English driver dressed up in a Marks and Spencer suit. He looked very smart. Um, and he hand-delivered these boxes, which were shaped as, like, lingerie drawers, to the House of, of Media and Press. And it was so well-received that we decided to do it again last month um, with our partnership with British Corner Shop, which was the Mark Spencer sort of food partnership. And then we included customers and we did it all Christmas-themed and it was, it, it was really well-received, yeah.
0: yeah. It's just beautiful. You should go check it out. It's so, like... London cab in Sydney Thank it's beautiful you. and Thanks. the photos were just outside here weren't they yes <laughs> yeah the I market. joined I literally
1: yeah. like wore a sequin gown with like some white trainers because I had to be working and just got so in the festive like Love cheer it. sitting in the back of this taxi yeah yeah so yeah. good
0: and so like how important would you say sort of in real life marketing is because COVID has pushed so many brands to need to do things online and virtually and i think so many consumers are really missing that Mm. irl aspect so you know why is that so important to your marketing strategy and how do you approach that irl element
1: yeah absolutely i think the reason why i mean that was in real life we were you know in the taxi i think that was effective because you know we were connecting with people just quickly you know Uh, I think as a brand, we've become so focused on, you know, reaching new customers to grow our brand. And I think while that's a big component of my role, I think the reason why this worked and, you know, and delivering this little bit of London to people's houses in Sydney is because we were connecting with our existing customers, in particular an expat community during a time when they could not travel home. They hadn't been able to travel home for two years. So you know, a Marks & Spencer taxi, like, driving up their street in Sydney and delivering that to their door, it was, like, so emotional for them. We literally had people crying and, you know, happy tears being like, Percy Pigs, oh, my God, like... (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, so I think sometimes, you know, in real life marketing is you have to do it, especially as an e-commerce brand, especially as an international brand to say, we are here in Sydney, we are not so far away. So I think, you know, and, and it allows your customers to, um, when talking about just generally things like brand events and pop-ups you know you can connect with them on a deeper level uh, and they can experience your product in real life which I think is really yeah. important
0: yeah. and I mean no detail was spared with a British driver as well had to be awesome. had to be British you know um,
1: James was a lovely chap as well <laughs> did not yeah. get some Percy pigs he well, did
0: yeah. he got a lot of attention actually Great. a few of the ladies were like can I come back in your your taxi <laughs> yeah Um, Okay, so my next question is how can other e-commerce brands really harness the power of of word-of-mouth marketing because I think you know, when you hear this campaign, when you talk about it, it's like it makes so much sense, like of course, but coming up with that, that's a super creative strategy, you've thought of every detail, like how can other e-commerce brands really tap into that word-of-mouth driving IRL type marketing? Yeah,
1: word-of-mouth marketing. I think, first of all, you have to have a great product. You you know, you have to have a great product and you have to believe in, believe in it yourself 150%. You know, my belief is that you have to live it, breathe it, wear it. You know, in, in my case, I'm wearing head-to-toe Marks & Spencer now. Whenever you see me, that's generally what I'm doing because I feel like if you can't talk about it yourself to your friends, how can you expect anybody else to feel that, same that same way and I think you also have to be very clear about what your brand values are I mean for Marks and Spencer as an example it's quality uh, value innovation British style and that is generally what our customers will talk about with their friends you know in mum's group or at, at, at the office somebody will say you know oh I love your blazer and they'll go. Oh, thanks! It's from Marks and Spencer. It's actually really good quality, and it was only seventy-five dollars, or something like that. And I remember Lee Campbell once said to me. I hope she doesn't mind me. So I feel like I always talk about this example, but she said, um, "I love your, I love the baby clothes because they have these colour-coded fastenings. Which, as a new mum, it saves me time. So I think it's those seemingly little things that you know you generally skim over that people actually remember and they tell their friends about. So I think as a somebody who represents a brand or does the marketing, you should be aware of those and promote those because they're the things that, you know, people remember.
0: Yeah. There was a funny meme that was making the rounds. It's like it's my toxic trait that every time anyone compliments me, it's like, oh, this is where it's from. This is how much it costs. Like, yeah, so much. take like, it. Yeah. yeah take yeah. it. But, you know, hijack that. You yeah. Can... Yeah. <laughs> you can just, yeah. That's word of mouth. Absolutely. Okay. So having worked in e-commerce for over a decade, how do you feel marketing in general has changed? In that time?
1: Uh, so many things have changed basically I think the one that I reflect on the most I think is the role of social media um, in a brand marketing strategy when I first started my career you know uh, almost a decade ago I started working for Honey Bredette. Uh, this is quite exciting so you know we get to the exciting Honey Bredette part people start <laughs> listening um, but uh, my role when I, when I worked for them, I came in as a receptionist and I was the personal assistant to the CEO um, and as the most junior member of the team, I was just by default given the social media accounts because it was not at all a priority. They just gave it to me and they said, manage it, you know, in your own time. Um, and, you know, as somebody, like, young, I was like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm going to make something of this, you know. And so at the time, I think there was about 3,000 followers. It wasn't a focus. But as soon as we started to nurture that community, it grew exponentially. And there's, you know, it, it's a funny story. I was um, at the Surrey Hills office. I was about to leave one night and the owner of the brand um, came to the office to meet with the CEO and the CEO was you know, busy on a call so he was just standing there in reception. This is like a billionaire retail mogul just standing there and I'm there At reception, And I just decided to take the opportunity and, like, wave him over to show him how we were using our social media accounts to, like, engage with our customers and then get feedback on new lingerie designs. And this is a man that is responsible for creating some of the biggest retail brands in Australia, like, the most recognisable using, like, traditional marketing tactics. And surely, I think at the point, he'd obviously heard of social media marketing, but he that was the first time that he was seeing it being used in one of his brands, you know? And now, flash forward to this day, Honey Burnett have, like, 1.2 million Instagram followers and it's no longer, you know, something that's reserved for the intern or, you know, the junior member of the team. It's a big priority and it's, like, it's not just... A way to directly communicate with your customer it's a source of inspiration and it's a massive revenue driver so you know it's been really interesting to see how that has 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 transformed over the years definitely totally
0: isn't it funny when you like when you're young you've got no fear no I went up to, fear like no fear at all i went up to sophie so and i was like i'm a big fan of your work thank you so much yeah.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> was like nice that you
0: did that oh, yeah, like so now glad. i'm like
1: just leave her alone you know just leave him alone yeah.
0: <laughs> he's so busy yeah. You know, <laughs> totally. Um, and then working in e-commerce, what's a challenge that you've come up against that has maybe shaped your strategy and outlook? Challenge, I mean. Lots of challenges. The last two years have been quite
1: challenging. I mean, the fact that the rest of my team is in London and I'm here, I think it's been very challenging. But for me personally, you know, it's been overcoming my personal, you know, anxiety and especially in the world of e-commerce, it's 24-7, you know, it, it, it doesn't switch off. And, you know, while I've learnt that anxiety is good because I'm never late to a meeting, uh, it's also triggered by working with an online platform, working in e-commerce, it's always evolving. It You always have had this fear that you're falling behind or, you know, that there's something that you're not doing that you should be doing. Um, so I think it's it's bit telling yourself to switch off at some point. Like there was times where I was checking sales figures, you know, coming through at midnight and then first thing in the morning and I was worrying why I was like having melt, like meltdowns all the time. And it's like, you, you do have to tell yourself to switch off at some point. And I think for those people, especially, you know, during a pandemic who are always working from home, like myself or work remotely, uh, you need to look after yourself. You need to tell yourself to leave the house. There's days where I'm like, Paige, you need to leave the house. You need to... So I'll go do like a group exercise class with like the mum's group and like, you know engage with people so like, you, you do need to look up after yourself because it's not the nine to five that it, you know that it once was or Definitely. you don't clock off so yeah
0: absolutely and I mean my next question is probably one of my phase because it's collaboration focused <laughs> um no, <pressure>. so. <laughs> <laughs> so you've worked across a bunch of collaborations with Marcus and Spencer locally and globally do you have a few favorites you can share
1: um Globally, Marks & Spencer do a lot of collaborations. The dress that I'm currently wearing is a product of a collaboration, Marks & Spencer X Ghost. Ghost is another heritage British brand. Loved by the Royals, uh, which is always good. And this is part of a 16-piece collection that we just launched a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Locally, uh, just talking of one that we did recently, we worked with uh, the Visual Domain by Clibasaurus to sort of bring one of our local campaigns to life. We worked with a few influencers um, to promote, you know, our trench coat and create some amazing assets around that. And I think it's just nice to, you know... Have uh, be able to create something that your Australian customer can sort of resonate with, and that reflects her lifestyle as well. So totally.
0: And in the Australian market specifically, how have partnerships really helped you accelerate growth here? Uh, The most recent
1: partnership is with British Corner Shop. So they are a food uh, platform, and so we've recently put a selection of Marks and Spencer food onto the British Corner Shop, which means you now get uh, food delivered here in Australia which for anybody who is a fan of Percy Pig knows is a big deal, that so you can now get your Percy's and your Collins to Australia. Um, but in general, I think you know collaborations are a great way to reach new customers, but also to come up with engaging, exciting new ways to launch campaigns. Amazing.
0: I'm gonna ask a rogue question here. What is a Percy Pig exactly? What is a Percy? I'm sorry, pig? I, my boyfriend's British, and I still I don't know what that is. It's a what sweet. It? It's like a little sweet
1: shaped as like as a pig. Yeah. Amazing. Obviously not. The big yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel bad now. I'm like <laughs> worth the hype. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so with, like, being at the helm of a lot of the collaborations for Marks and Spencer in Australia, where do opportunities come from? Do you go looking for opportunities? Are opportunities pitched to you? Where do you source them? Uh, Jess, I don't know if you've heard of it.
1: There's this platform. It's kind of like a dating platform for brands.
0: Um, But no,
1: seriously, We, I think we joined, Marks and Spencer joined a year ago, and in that time, we've had so many opportunities. So thank you. And I've recently put a couple of other e-commerce brands that I'm working with on there. And I just the whole thing is quite seamless. We work together each quarter to identify what the priorities are, and then Jess and her amazing magical team go away and poof, there's all these. I mean, I'm sure that's not for everybody, but no, like I, I think the thing is, um, it's just it takes sort of all the work out of it for us as well because, you know, I think. You have so many channels to be in charge of um, that, yeah, it's it's really great that we have that platform
0: where we can connect with British brands but also local brands. Amazing. Did we catch that on a recording? I can use that as an ad. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Thanks, Paige. Whew, <laughs> did not tell her to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. So, okay marketing experience because you have some incredible like background on all different areas of marketing um, both proactively and reactively you're securing partnerships all the time. So when an awesome opportunity does come your way, what stands out as the first thing, that really gets you excited or the first thing that you look for? Uh, the first thing I Anyone look for... Anyone who wants to collab with Marks and Spencer's is like, yes. it's gone quiet, but all of a sudden no. everyone's like, what are you
1: looking
0: for? Uh, the
1: first thing I look for in a brand or an opportunity, I think they have to align to our values. And I won't talk about Marks and Spencer for this one. I'll actually talk about a new... Uh, female-founded Australian sustainable swimwear brand that I actually started working with a couple of months ago called Georgie Swims. Uh, so when, you know, popping, a, popping them on the, on the platform, it was very important to me that any other brand that we worked with for Georgie Swims had the same sustainability Credentials, but their values also had to align to ours. So we end up actually uh, collaborating with Happy Hours skin skincare with their um, with their SPF. And of course, you think swimwear SPF. Like, of course, that's like a no brainer. But also, the reason why we wanted to work with them was because, you know, it was Australian made, you know, it was a local business, reef friendly, which is very important to Georgie Swims, and the bottles are made out of 100% recyclable plastic. So, the both brands need to complement each other, and you do need to look deeper, and I think that's what I look for, essentially. Absolutely.
0: Values are key. Values Mm -hmm. all the way. And so when it comes to results off the back of partnerships and collabs and your marketing strategies, especially when it comes to collabs, because I'm obsessed, um, what's the biggest result you've seen off the back of a brand collaboration?
1: I mean, there's so many metrics I think you can look at when you look at a result of a campaign. I'm going to give you a classic retail person response because I've been working in retail since I was 14. My first job was at a chocolate factory in Noosa where I used to wear this white glove and what serve an the customer. What first job. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. It was off the little Sheraton. There was there in New South. And um, the first thing you learn, the first thing I learned, is that the customer comes first always. It's all about the customer. And I think, you know, same goes for this. When you're looking at an outcome, I always look for the response of the customer. You know, like the London taxi, connecting with somebody on an emotional level or getting that positive feedback is, you know, is the best thing a brand can ask for. So I think if you always keep your customer or your target customer front of mind when doing
0: partnerships, you can't really go wrong, can you? No. Amazing. Great tip. And so when it comes to tech, what are your top three tools that you use that empower your work? It's so funny. I told my boyfriend about this
1: question because, you know, I did see the questions Uh, disclaimer and he's he's named Steve and he said I'm your top tool because he's an an IT and I do take advantage of him sometimes which I feel is like quite bad he's like yeah like I'm your 24-7 IT guy that you're always calling on so aside from IT Steve look I've said it now he's had a shout out
0: IT Steve if anyone needs any
1: IT support after this please come to me I'll hook you up um, I think the first one's data in any digital marketing role, you know, it's your absolute guide. So, you know, the analytic software that we use as a company is like my Bible every day. I'll check that for our performance, what's selling, what's not selling to inform our next steps. I think number two would be any sort of video conferencing. I couldn't do my job without it, like Teams, Zoom, Skype, all of them, you name it, I've got it. Um, and then a third... Uh, well, Steve, IT, IT Steve, Steve is a the third. Them. But I was going to say Clubosaurus again oh, because best. it has made things incredibly, you know, easy for us as a brand. Great.
0: So, there's just a second shout-out there, Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. So good. <laughs> Um, and I mean, I love that you're like, you're, if you're looking at data every day to be able to jump on opportunities, I think that's something that a lot of brands don't do. You know, you look at it monthly or quarterly. No. You know, what brands you... don't do that? Yeah.
1: Terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. A
0: lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if things change, you yeah. know, people's
1: habits change, and the weather, you know, the weather informs so much of what people buy. So, you know, you could have a campaign to promote one thing, you know, when you've got hundreds of products online, you can have a campaign to promote one thing, but people might be buying another. So, to jump on that
0: opportunity, you need to know mm. the data. Yeah, totally love that. And my last question is: Who is an amazing woman in e-commerce? You. Ooh. <laughs>
1: Yay. Yay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who is an amazing woman in e-commerce that you look up to and why?
1: Um, I think, look, I've been incredibly lucky in my career. I've only ever worked for female founders, CEOs, head of departments. That is very lucky. And But I do think those strong leadership roles have, you know, really helped and informed my career, what I've learned from them. Um, I think one that comes to mind is the head of Marks & Spencer International Online, Debbie. She looks after 105 online international markets. It is a big role. She's based in London. And when I first met her, you know, all these years ago, she said to me, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. And I think being a woman in e-commerce, any woman that encourages you to push boundaries and take risks and just go for it is one to be admired. So that is amazing. That's
0: mine. Thank you so much. Paige. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. A big thank you to Paige and Yotpo's amazing women in e-commerce community for bringing this episode to life. Don't forget to check the show notes for links to everything discussed in this episode and I'll see you next time.